0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe and you're listening to Nate and the fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
3: Hey Bills Mafia, happy 4th of July to all the Buffalo Bills fans out there. Welcome to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you all so much for listening to us over your vacation, hopefully your holiday vacation. You're celebrating with the family, celebrating at home. Uh, we, have, we were off last week, which some of you mentioned to us. By the way, you were off last week. Thank you for noticing. Appreciate you guys being there. Uh, we have... A tremendous episode. We're going to discuss the Bean McDermott extensions that we missed last week. We have a, an interesting topic about season tickets, as uh, there are currently sixty three thousand season ticket holders for the Buffalo Bills, but the new stadium only has roughly sixty thousand seats. So we're going to discuss that. We are going to discuss uh, important Bills players after Diggs and Allen. If after Digs and Allen, which player? If they were to go down with an injury or a long-term injury or for the rest of the season, that person is so important that we would be in big trouble as a team. So we're going to talk about that. And, uh, and then we got some cool, interesting uh, fantasy stuff going on with the podcast. We're going to do a Best Ball Fantasy League together just for the listeners and the co-hosts for this podcast. So that's something fun to discuss. But first, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spire Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor, check out the Twin Sportsbook at Delago at the Delago Resort and Casino, where every moment is a winning moment. I'm here tonight with my co-host John. John, are you ready to talk some uh, Buffalo Bills after having a couple weeks off? Oh, I'm I'm so
1: ready. <laughs>
3: do you that that week that we didn't do it, you're probably like, I feel like I should be talking about the Buffalo Bills to someone right now.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was texting you guys like random things about like statistics and things that <laughs> are probably useless facts, but like I'm just like, <laughs> I have to do something.
3: <laughs> you're like twiddling your thumbs. Your wife's like, Are you okay, John? You're like, Ah, oh, you're shaking. You're twitching a little bit. I gotta, I gotta talk Bills with somebody. This, I need to get this release somehow. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So thank you guys all for listening. Um, First things first, the Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott extensions, bring them, uh, keep them in Buffalo throughout the 2027 season. So if you count this season, 2023 season, four, five, six, seven. So the the next five years, essentially, which is pretty cool. Uh, John, when you saw that there's always going to be people that love it. And there's always going to be people that hate it. Uh, Where did you stand on this one? Because uh, you had some good texts over the weekend. So fan or not a fan?
1: Big fan, big fan. Um, Starting with uh, McDermott. He is the highest winning percentage of any coach in Buffalo Bills history. Um, If you look at total number of wins, he's second to only Marv Levy Um, out of, Playoff wins again, second to Marv Levy. Uh, wow, and like, that's
3: not playoff win percentages; that's playoff wins. Right, um, he's already second in the franchise.
1: <laughs> right, if you go, yeah. So, uh, Marv Levy's eleven and eight in the playoffs. McDermott's four and five. Um, if you go back to Lou Saban, he was two and two. Two of those being AFL championships, and then uh, Chuck Knox was one and two. Uh, so, I mean, you know, just the number of games. Levy and McDermott are already way, well ahead of everybody else. Um, I think it's great. Like, I mean, what you said five more years? Yep. Potentially? Yep. Um, so McDermott, I mean, was he's had six seasons?
3: 27. We've been doing this podcast for seven years, so this will be his seventh season, I believe.
1: So upcoming seventh season. So we'll put him third all-time in number of seasons with the Bills. Lou Saban's had about eight and a half, and Marv Levy had about 11 and because he came – um, when he first started, he came halfway through the season. Um, So yeah, like I, I think it's exciting. Uh, you, I mean, you look at last with what, what the last three years, double digit wins every year, uh, the d- division wins three years in a row. I mean, <laughs> you, you compare that to like the drought when we're like suffering through guys like Dick Duran and like all these other coaches. Like, I, I think it's great. They they found a guy. Let's keep him. You know.
3: Yeah, I, I, I know that there are some people, some members of the fan base. It's like, what does it matter? You know, like he hasn't been able to get to the Super Bowl, much less win the Super Bowl. Uh, Let me just, the first thing about McDermott specifically, and then maybe I'll go on to Bean. But McDermott took a team that, like, I remember. So, what I love about McDermott getting the extension is it makes us think about the podcast because our podcast. Uh, started in 2017, the first season that McDermott was here. And I remember with you guys, like, we were already talking about, you know, um, Sammy Watkins being traded, Robert Woods being traded, like, everyone, Ronald Darby being traded. Like, the Bills were getting rid of good players, some of the best players on the team, if we're being honest. And you're just like, well, I guess this is it. You know, like, the the, the we're tanking this season. Like, it's pretty clear that we're not going to try to win. And... Sure enough, they not only won more games than they had in the season before that with all that more all that extra talent but uh they broke the playoff drought so I don't think enough can be said about McDermott, and I know that was seven years ago, so like you know it's it's still been a while since then, but I feel like he's made progress each and every year and you know last year, you could say it was a big disappointment, but as we've done on this podcast, like there were so many things going against him, and they still won thirteen games, you know like there's just a lot of coaches in the NFL take a while to really hit their stride and get to the very next level. I mean, this is McDermott's first time coaching, you know. Uh, I mean, how many years did it take for Andrew Reid to win a Super Bowl, right? Uh, He was with Philadelphia for like 14 years before, you know, he only made it to one and he didn't win one. So, you know, I, I think we can give Sean McDermott the benefit of the doubt. I mean, how many coaches would you rather have over McDermott, you know? And in 2017, so the Bills under McDermott went 9-7 and seven his first season when they broke the drought. They went 6-10. and 10. That was a tank season because they had no salary cap. They basically just had, like, the worst offensive line ever, you know, uh, with, like, Jordan Mills as their right tackle, John Miller. Like, it was bad. And then in the last four seasons, John, you mentioned double se- double digits, four seasons of double-digit wins um, and three, the past three seasons – consecutively, they won the AFC East with 13 wins, 11 wins, and 13 wins. I mean, sure, would we all have loved to have won Super Bowls the last three seasons? Of course, <laughs> you know, there, there, there's just things that happened to that. And even last year, I think that they were on their way. Just so many things got in the way, and we've mentioned that before. So, like I said, we're not going to hash that out. But, uh, I mean, I, I I love this extension. Uh, I think it would take a lot for Sean McDermott to ever be on the hot seat and yeah i like it as much as you do people people that are negative on this one really need to try they've got to be younger bills fans right john because if they if they're older like us like just in the fact that they've lived through the drought like you'd realize how many years that not only was it like not really that good football we were just irrelevant like one thing that's worse than that's so much worse than like being terrible or being known as a laughing stock of the NFL. It's just no one cares about you. You're just an afterthought, unless the team that you root for is playing against that team. Then then you only care about that team. You know, like it's a terrible place to be. And it's so nice to just be not only in the national conversation to be good enough that people think you're in the Super Bowl conversation.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and we also have the perspective of living through the Jim Kelly years the, you know, the quote-unquote glory years of the early 90s, um, yeah, they didn't end up winning. But, like, we have that perspective of them being very good for a long time. I mean, they, like, throughout the 1990s, they had the second most wins of any other team outside of San Francisco. They were really good. Um, so, I think, I don't know, between that and the drought and where we're at now, like, you got you to gotta hold on to <laughs> the guys who are getting you there like being you know and you know whatever 13 seconds (laughs) I I can understand that being a knock but how many like that doesn't happen often with this organization
3: no yeah I mean 13 seconds if you were to look at the worst part of Sean McDermott's tenure it's got to be the 13 seconds right because I would say I mean unlike other coaches that we've had in the past you know since Marv Levy it's like he's always seems to Get better at those things that we harp on Remember I, he's still not great at challenges But remember we used to be like He was like 1-11 in at one point Throughout his career with challenges And we're just like stop wasting your time And I think for the most part he's done a good job of that Like think about Time management. Remember, he always used to use stupid timeouts, like in the first half or the second half, or you know, before the end of the game. And you just be like, "Why are you doing that?" He's gotten so much better at timeout management than he used to be, so much to the point where, like, he, he has extra ones and he'll use them a lot of times before the end of the half, just because he wants to make the offense give him a different look. You know, like before the end of the half.
1: That's good too. He's improving on that because now he's going to be calling the defensive plays. On top of <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
3: I, this is this is going to be a great conversation before the season, John. But like now that you mentioned it, Sean McDermott coaching, you know the defense and stuff like that. We we haven't mentioned it in great depth since Leslie Frazier left, but I am kind of excited about that because I think that McDermott kind of got sick of the. I'm hoping because as a fan, I'm hoping he's seeing the same thing that I am like, you know, defensive backs being off the wide receivers, you know, eight yards when it's a third and four. Right. Like that's that that made no sense to me. I'm hoping that we can get more pressure on the quarterback. I'm hoping that that he brings that. But part of me kind of worries that he might be stretching himself thin. Maybe that's why they hired Eric Washington as the assistant head coach, because he's a defensive line coach like maybe he can also help with game management or maybe he's just better at that and he can or not better at that but like uh is able to assist Sean McDermott while Sean McDermott is also calling the defense
1: it'll definitely be interesting like they they try to build the defense around stopping the Chiefs and Mahomes the only thing is I think they use the same game plan for every team, so they're always in nickel, they always play off and it's like so they don't get beat, It doesn't matter who the team is, so they you know like they'll run on us, and like that that's not the most terrible. I mean look at the the Packers game right, like we were up by like two or three scores, and the Packers ran at the whole third quarter. It's like, okay, that's fine because 'cause they're not gonna catch up right mm-hmm. um so it's it's kind of funny, but I don't know it'll it'll definitely be very interesting to see how um how much different or the same it it might be
3: that's such a good general like uh game strategy to just force the other team to run right like cuz how much more time does the possession take especially if you have Josh Allen as your quarterback i mean you could score in a couple minutes you know and you might be able to do that several times where the other teams you know grinding down the clock trying to get a touchdown and you know 12 plays and Josh can do it in 7, you know, like in in half the time. So it's not a bad strategy just in general. I mean, every game is different and every part of the game is different, so that's such a general statement. But it's it's not a bad way. Make them make them run the ball because if they can pass the ball, I mean, what when we were just a, even a couple of seasons ago, I argue that the worst teams for the Bills to play against were the teams that could run the ball like you're thinking about the Cleveland Browns to play teams like that they're like the Bills have no chance if they have to stop the run like they just couldn't do it right they would just like they would just bleed to death in that way on defense now since they got DeQuan Jones it feels like they can actually stop the run and do a good job of you know containing that portion of a team's offense more than they ever used to so keep it in front of you and then just don't let them grind the ball out or grind the game out and Thirteen and three, man. Doesn't lie. Alright, so we mentioned that. Bill season tickets. So John, interesting stat I read over this past week. And I, I thought it was interesting because uh, it made me think of when we had season tickets and I know a lot of the people listening out there have season tickets or I, or have had them in the past or a lot of people have never had season tickets and they've never been to a game and they want to hear about it. So uh, the Bills new stadium, which will be finishing construction in 2026 for the 2026 season. Currently, there are 63,000 season ticket holders for the Buffalo Bills right now in 2023. The new stadium, however, only has 60,000 tickets For them, so so it's it's the capacity for the new Bill Stadium is sixty thousand seats. So here's an issue: is we have a minus three thousand deficit for the Buffalo Bills to accommodate all the Bill season ticket holders, the current Bill season ticket holders. That doesn't even count if they become more in the next two seasons. So, John, when you hear that, uh, what does that make you think of? For the Buffalo Bills And did that kind of surprise you When you heard that number
1: My disappointment is immeasurable And my day is ruined <laughs> But seriously I mean we foresaw this coming right Like we talked about this before Like the number of seats And the Bills Even in the drought years When they were bad They would sell out In December In the drought Like I don't know if it's like A cost savings thing Or what But I I wish That it was closer to 80,000 Right
3: Oh Yeah Yeah, absolutely. I was hoping that they would do more. You know, if we're going to be honest, like it's nice that they're upgrading the stadium because I don't love the current stadium. I never have. But, I mean, what are we really getting from this new stadium? Like, What's going to be so amazing about it? I mean, I guess a huge positive is there's going to be cover for, like, I think they said 90% of the fans in the stadium. So that is nice. It's not a dome at all, (laughs) but it's better than nothing. But other than that, I mean, it'll just look more modern, right? I mean, what are we really getting is like the general fans. The ticket season, the tickets are going to go up. The PSLs are going to exist, which they've never existed before. And there's less capacity. It's not in a better location. Not that it's in a worse location, but it's not in a better location.
1: Maybe they should just keep the same stadium. <laughs> <laughs> they just, yeah. Oh, that's just in- <laughs> just slap some more concrete on the sides. You know, buff it out a little bit. And, <laughs> you know.
3: That'd be really funny if you if you ran for like Erie County Executive and that was like your first order of business. I plan to stop construction on this new stadium being built. Like this is, this is the end of that.
1: Uh, taxpayers would be so happy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like, well, we're just gonna tear down the stadium that just is is. Deteriorating, Like, there's an area, at least one area of the stadium where I believe the structure is deteriorating, so you would have to literally take it all down. Like, no, Just
1: reinforce it. Just reinforce <laughs> it.
3: There's, like, 12 columns in a row in this one section of the, like, the area where you have to walk under by the beard. It's like, it backs right up to, like,
1: the toilet areas. Section 102 is condemned. <laughs> <laughs> There's boards up over the windows <laughs> <laughs> over that
3: section <laughs> uh, condemned by the city of Buffalo County of Erie. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. I, I, I think it, what we forget about John, cause we don't do this. Not that it's a bad thing. Like maybe we should do it. Uh, but there's lots of people out there. They're like ticket resellers, right? So they'll sell, they'll buy like 50 plus season tickets just to sell them for inflated prices, right? I mean, we've talked about doing that, like, we we haven't done it or anything, but, like, we've talked about doing that. Like, dude, like, if we got season tickets, we could probably sell season openers and get half the money back, you know? Like, that's no joke, and that's just like, ah, you know, it stinks to miss a season opener, but, you know, all of a sudden your $2,000 season tickets were only $1,000 for the next seven games, you know? Like, that's kind of cool, but... Uh, we haven't done it, but there's people that have that kind of money and have that kind of time, and it's a business for them, and, and they do it. People like that are going to be really hit hard by PSLs if they can't afford it because the um, PSL prices at the stadium were suggested to begin at, guess how much? If you were to guess these personal seating licenses, what do you think the minimum is going to be? 2000 Dude, two thousand? Jeez, is it just because I just said two thousand for the entire season?
1: <laughs> I got—I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it got embedded in my—is it too much? <laughs> <laughs> Direct link. Uh, it's actually—I think, think I'm also a pessimist all of a sudden, like with all, all this talk.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm not trying to bring you down. I apologize. I'm not trying to be like, dude, this season's gonna suck. No, it's just—it's just gonna be different. Like, it's not terrible. Don't get me wrong. It's—it's it's always good to get a better stadium, but you know. It's not ideal. I mean, but the, the, there's got to be benefits of PSLs. So the the lowest price that they're estimating right now is five hundred dollars. So much less than two thousand. Like you said, so five hundred. So yeah, but if you
1: need four, if you need four tickets, that's two thousand.
3: Yes, that is two thousand dollars. <laughs> that is two thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. And they go all the way up to supposedly sixteen thousand five hundred dollars a seat. Yes, or like half the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> the one seat one seat the probably like 100 level seats or club
1: seats or something Could yeah better you... be like better be like club seats for like a week with like <laughs> <laughs> I you... don't know like a spa and like <laughs> <laughs> people
3: to feed you grapes
1: as you sit on like a lazy boy or they're they're fanning you inside the air conditioned <laughs> suites <laughs> oh man um it's like what,
3: part of me thinks like, and, I, and this is just general Bill Stadium discussion. Like, when I think of ideal seats, if you don't get like those sweet seats where, you know, there's like 12 or 16, you know, seats there, it's indoors, you got the windows, you can open the windows if you want. Like, they bring out food. If you're not talking something very expensive and like business suite sort of thing, like the next best seats for folks like, you know, us is. Club-level seats, right? Or club seats, sorry, not club-level seats. That's a slightly different. But, like, club seats where you're in, like, the Van Miller Club or the Jim Kelly Club or the Pepsi Club or whatever it's called, right, where you have, you know, you're, you're already covered right now. There's heaters in your seats. There's, uh, you know, a back area where you have a, a bar that's only for the club Ticket holders, seats, people that have those seats. You're talking about bathrooms that aren't, you know, huge troughs where it's not just like bumping into people like left and right. Like this is an actual, it's a nice area. And you're talking, we looked at them and we haven't, we've never pulled the trigger on them, but they're like, I want to say $2,500 a ticket minimum right like those are for like the worst club seats and you know they go from like i want to say they span from like the 25 to the 25 so the closer you get to the 50 obviously more it could go like five six grand a seat so that's so imagine you're paying five or six grand for a seat right so we're using this as an example no matter what in the new stadium it's going to be more expensive than that right it is not going to stay five or six grand Let's let's go back to 2500 because that's like, you know, more of like, what do we get? You're talking probably 3500 for the same seat. Okay, well, that sucks. I got to pay like 20 30% more than I was just paying for the new stadium seats. It's just like, oh, yeah, and by the way, you have to pay $5,000 for that seat just to have that seat, right? So now you're talking your first year of season tickets. You went from spending $2,500, which is a lot of money, to spending only a first-time fee of like, eighty five hundred dollars. So twenty five hundred, eighty five hundred. Just that first season though, you won't have to pay that five thousand again, but like that's a huge step. So you're gonna lose a lot of season ticket holders, don't you think?
1: Yeah, that's a lot. And like and you're starting to get into the pros and cons of going to a game. Um and the money factor's already huge because like you got to you know food and and, and drink and parking and and gas like everything else it it all adds up um in addition to the tickets um in my mind there's three reasons to go to a game one is the tailgating which you can kind of mitigate at home right even if you don't have a bunch of people over even if it's just your family you can still put out a nice spread at home and watch the game from the comfort of your own television and be able to see every play right
3: i mean what is the whole yeah
1: go ahead right I mean, depending on where you are in the stadium, I mean, when we had season tickets, we are at the rock pile, so you can only see half the game, right? If on or or you're looking with your head backwards, giving yourself like a neck cramp looking at the at the you know the the screen. Um, but the second reason is the atmosphere in the stadium, especially when they're doing well, right? Like they score a touchdown and like. People you've never seen or met before, you're like high fiving and like this the 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 loudness, the 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 shout song, like everything, like that is that's huge. Um, Real quick, before
3: does, you stop talking about the, the the stadium, it's like the energy that you get from the Buffalo Bills scoring a touchdown and the crowd going absolutely nuts. I'd argue that you can't get that sort of energy from hardly any other place in life. It's just like this it's this euphoria almost of like happiness and celebration and coming together. It's, it's one of those weird things. Like it makes you want to like, you know, chug a beer, and chest bump your friend and hug them Like, it's just, it, what a crazy, like, I can't even describe, I can't even think of another facet in life where you get anything like that, that stadium sense, you know, from, from a big touchdown or a big inter player interception or something.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the, the, the third reason is I I think family and and uh, the kids really. Um, when I was ten years old through high school, I would go to one game every year. It would be like my birthday present, like tickets to a Bills game every year because my birthday is September, so it worked out really nice. Um, and that that you know that was just like seeing it for the first time and like everything like that. So like like my kids are a little bit older and like able to do that. I think that's gonna be pretty awesome uh to do so i i I think those are the the best reasons to go for me personally um but like you know it's you know it's it's a long day too right it's you got it 12 hours right like you you gotta drive to buffalo we're we're in rochester um you tailgate you you do the game i'm not gonna leave early uh and then you can't leave early if
3: you wanted to i mean i'm sorry i'm sorry you meant from from the game itself not
1: the parking lot from the game itself, yeah, like the, when the Bills were getting bashed by the Patriots, fifty-six to ten or whatever, like I stayed until the end. Um, I think that's part of the whole like ninety-three comeback game that's embedded in me. But so there's that, and then at the end of the, after the game's over, so because it's gridlock, we tailgate a little bit more, and that so by the time we get you know if it's a one o'clock game, it's like you know seven to seven, right? It's, it's a twelve-hour day. day. It's a long day. Um, I love doing it, but. You know, as I get older, maybe I don't love doing it as much, um, <laughs> well, but you... i'll definitely I'll definitely do it with my kids because like I, I don't want to. I, I definitely want to have them have that experience. You know,
3: I think everything you said is like it's fair. It's just you know you could see it from both ways. Like you mentioned uh, the tailgating experience, like for not for nothing. I mean, what is tailgating other than conversing with friends or you know being in a group of people that are all rooting for the Bills, I mean, there's a similar... It's not the same, but, like, you know, having people over, like you said early, like, for a couple hours before the game, having appetizers, you know? You're talking to them, just you're not doing it in a parking lot. You're doing it in your kitchen or your dining room or living room or whatever, you know? So there are a ton of benefits of not going to games, you know? Like, the tailgating is great, but, I mean, it's not like you're being treated to a UFC match every time, you know, right before the actual game. Like, it's cool. Like, there's an energy uh i mentioned the energy after a touchdown the energy for a tailgate is cool it's nothing near that like it's fun like there's definitely an you know a feeling of the air like it's kind of cool walking by people but you know it's it's not what you think it is if you've never been to a bills game it's not just people you know being pile drive through tables like that i don't know if i've ever seen that the you know dozen or so games i've gone to the last few years and tailgated or whatever like i haven't seen anything like that it's just you know, you see it on social media. So, like, it's cool when it's raining and snowy out. It's not as cool. Uh, but it's it's still fun. And then you have the you what you said, you know, being in the stadium. That's probably the biggest, you know, besides tailgating. And, and it's just a fun time, like, you know, doing that. But like you said, for us, it's 12-hour day from Rochester. And people who live in Buffalo are only an hour closer. So there's still at least a 10-hour day, you know. The older that we get, like, you know, we have kids, so it's not like, you know, our day's done as soon as we get home. You know, there's, there's other factors at play, and, you know, the money. The, I mean, we, we mentioned the money a little bit, but it's like, you know, John, like, you know, getting a beer at the same was it 15 bucks now? It's like, it's crazy. And, you know, or I could, you know, just grab a can of a bat from my garage that was like $1.50, you know? Like, it's, the, the the food's better, the it's cheaper, there's less time, four hours, and, we're done you know we have better seats at home than we ever would at the stadium i I get it right Don't, don't get me wrong and i love going to games and we usually try to go to like one or two a year or whatever like when we can but man maybe i'll keep that 500 maybe i'll keep that 16 grand in my pocket instead of getting psls we'll see we'll see in the new stadium so a lot of this So really, right now, what it comes down to is there will be plenty of season tickets for Buffalo Bills fans that want them. Because what's going to happen is they're just going to those 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 second market sellers are going to have to fork over a lot of money, and maybe instead of getting a hundred season tickets, they can only afford thirty of them or something. So you know, you keep doing that a few hundred times, and there'll be well below sixty thousand
2: season ticket holders. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, John,
3: last subject before we talk about the best ball fantasy league for circling the wagons is importance of players on the Buffalo Bills team. Now, I was thinking about that. Remember when, (laughs) remember when two weeks ago, when – there was all that mini camp drama about Stefan Diggs being there the first day, but not being there, but showing up, but then leaving, you know, that whole thing was like, Oh, we're actually, he, there's actually still a big rift between him and Alan or him and the coaching staff or him and the team or whatever. Right. Or all of the above. The reason why that was worrisome. And we talked about that on that podcast was that to me, it was like, Stefan Diggs is that important. If he doesn't play or if he doesn't come back this season, like the bills are in big trouble on offense, right? I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers, you're losing Devontae Adams, right? Like, that's a huge deal. So I started thinking, well, what's another player? What's the next player in that pecking order for the Buffalo Bills that if they don't play for us, like, the Bills are in big trouble? Like, you literally look at this team, and it scares you a little bit. So I was thinking about that. I have a few names. John, do you want to talk about it out loud, or do you think you know who you would choose in that instance? Because we can, we can talk it out, because I'm open I have an open mind. I'd like to think I have an open mind, at least, um, as long as you don't say something dumb. Like, I think I'll, <laughs> think, I think I'll you know, I could, I could be swayed one way or the other because you're also talking, like, how good is that player in their positional group, and then also how important is that positional group to the team as a whole, right? Like, because you could argue Tyler Bass, like, just talking out loud, Tyler Bass is one of the most important players in the team. He's good. They gave him a contract extension. They lose him. That's a big
1: deal. Not if you're scoring touchdowns every drive. See that it's not as important. <laughs> so no, that's no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to downplay best. He's one of the best kickers in the league. So I'm, I don't want to say that. But um, you're 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 right. Like Allen and Diggs are the top two players on the team. If either one go down, they're in trouble. Picking the next guy is tough. Not because there's like necessarily a huge drop off after that. It's just that there's so many good players. Um. Just kind of thinking it aloud, because um, like, you have to factor in depth, too, right? Like Milano is amazing, and there's also no depth behind him. But then like, how important is linebacker compared to other positions, too? That's,
3: I feel like we saw with Milano out last season, like how the Bills didn't play nearly as good, even with Tremaine Edmonds in linebacking court. Now you take away Tremaine Edmonds, now he's literally the guy, and we really don't have anything proven behind
1: him. That's a good case. I- that's that, that one's a good one, I think. Um, thinking about... The, they have really good depth at corner and safety. You know, Von Miller, you have to throw that name out there, even though he's already injured. And they did win, like, six games in a row, like, after he got hurt or whatever. But those none of those were easy wins. Um, Von Miller might be their third-best player. Um, so I'd have to throw his name into the mix. And then thinking about the offense... Offensive line is kind of a wild card but you like you look at a guy like Mitch Morris who's are in you kind of worry cuz he's already had a lot of concussions there's not any real center depth Wait 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 I I so
3: I was thinking about this and in 2021 I would have said Mitch Morris for sure last year 20 or I'm sorry 2022 Mitch Morris because the Bills had no depth at guard whatsoever and so they had even less depth. So then you're talking about when Mitch Morris does go down, then Ryan Bates moves over, and then you have, like, so he's not as good of a center, obviously, as Mitch Morris. And then you're talking about, so, you know, you have a, a terrible guard because they have no depth at guard. So Ike Butker was injured at the time. The Bills had the best depth at guard and interior that they've ever had. So the good thing is, I agree, if Mitch Morris goes down, which I think we could argue he's their best offensive lineman, now you're like moving... When
1: he went- he went down last year, and like all those bad snaps and missed and missed. Like, there was a significant number of plays that were bad because they didn't have Morrison.
3: Was Morse in for that Josh Allen fumble at the goal line against the
1: Vikings? He might. I don't remember. I remember. I'm going to guess no. Because, <laughs> because, but like I, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Or, or,
3: and I was going to say the before, Dolphins game when. Remember when there was that snap? That was well. Everybody, everybody was
1: out in the Dolphins <laughs> <Yeah>. game.
3: <laughs> so odds are, if you say a Bill starter, it yeah, wasn't I think that they yet.
1: were. On the, I think they had their third center in in that game. Actually, yeah, um, might have been Greg Van Roden, but anyway. So so there's that, and then like I gotta mention Deion Dawkins. He's he's had a really underrated, solid career with the Bills. Um, they lose that left tackle because there's already questions at right tackle, right? So if the left tackle goes down, that's not good. Um, that's really scary, actually, because you
3: mentioned, like we, we talked about, right tackle. I I think going into this next year's draft, if you don't look at middle linebacker in the first round, which you probably won't, depending on how Terrell Bernard does uh, or T- Tyrell Dodson, I think they go right tackle. If I'm just going to throw out a uh, position right now, so but that's right tackle. Brandon Shell the uh dolphins tackle right tackle that they just signed after the draft he might be better than spencer brown so that's you know i guess i'm i'm still worried about that position but there's a possibility we might have better depth behind him we don't know yet and spencer brown could take a big leap up by the way in the next few weeks we should we should do a a a podcast about bounce back players because you know spencer brown would be nice to have on that list uh (laughs) But Deion Dawkins goes down. Now you're talking about Spencer Brown, who's an underwhelming right tackle. Now he has to go over to left tackle to to protect Josh Allen's blind side. Like, that's scary. That's a very scary proposition, in my opinion. I like that one, John. I love Deion Dawkins at that option. So so right now we have Matt Milano, we have Vaughn Miller, we have Mitch Morse and Deion Dawkins. Do you have like a favorite of that group? Because there's a lot of I mean, we didn't mention so we we didn't mention Daquan Jones. I'd argue Daquan Jones was very important last season because you saw the Bengals game when he wasn't in there and the, just how awful they were on defense. Um but they have Puna yeah, Ford. Yeah,
1: and exactly. I was just gonna say Puna Ford. Um but uh, I love Daquan Jones. Uh, uh but yeah, Puna Ford, the depth helps with with that decision.
3: Yep. Um Man, but yeah, so now we're down to Milano, Von Miller, Deion Dawkins, or Mitch Morris. Man, you know, I love the so, Matt Milano thing that you said, but the problem is how important is linebacker compared to left tackle? You know, like, it's a
1: tough... Yeah, I agree. They're And they they have so... They're so good on defensive backfield and the defensive line, even though I know there's people still have questions there. Um and, and and this is the best defensive Leonard,
3: line they've ever had, though John right. They brought
1: in Leonard Floyd, so there's another pass rusher um so I mean that I guess that takes this thing out of Van Miller. I mean von Miller didn't play like we i mean they they won a whole bunch of games without him still um I mean, it would have been nice to have him in the playoffs, but
3: yeah, but he's not the reason I mean, if he's in that game, they still don't beat the Bengals, I think
1: no, there's other reasons why they lost that game, yeah. So yeah, I it, it's got to be one of the two offensive linemen, right? So we got to go. We're going Allen Diggs, and then and then uh, another offensive player, probably, right? I think
3: you're right because the Bills' offense is so predicated on if you keep Josh Allen upright and if he has time to throw to his best receiver, which is somebody that can catch the ball. <laughs> <Somebody>. <laughs> what a novel idea! Someone that can catch the ball.
1: Um, I mean, he does a lot more than he's a he's a, one of the. He's got to be one of the best route runners in the league. Oh yeah, he works his ass off. I mean, he's he's fantastic. So I mean, I don't want to poo pooed like, oh, he just got to catch it. But he's got he's he's awesome.
3: So, so so yeah, I would I would put offensive line real quick. We didn't we mentioned McDermott a lot. We didn't talk a lot about Bean in that extension. Can I just say, you know, you, you were you just made me think of it when we were talking about Stephon Diggs. How many players did? like Brandon Bean keep or extend on the team that were just like, how many of them did you disagree with? Like the Bills' extensions of either their free agents or their draft picks, I think Brandon Bean has done a tremendous job. Remember when, during the drought or even beforehand, the Bills would lose good players because they just couldn't afford to keep them because they didn't use all of the different types of salary cap methodologies to to keep them, like... I remember remember Antoine Winfield leaving. That was painful at the time. And then he was, ended up being a tremendous player. Pat Williams. You're talking about Nate Clements. You're talking about Jabari Greer, like good players that the Bills just couldn't keep.
1: For sure. And then they would overpay for guys like, using the offensive line as an example, Melvin Fowler and Langston Walker and uh, Derek Dockery. Was it? Derek Dockery. Yes. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Chris Kelsey, remember Chris Kelsey? I didn't hate Chris Kelsey, but he wasn't, you know. They're paying him like a top twenty, top fifteen, top ten defensive, t- t-
1: and he's like, he's like, I know. I used to, sh- I used to shit on Kelsey all the time. I, yeah, it was undeservedly, but it was just like they couldn't get anybody better. Like, I,
3: <laughs> I know it wasn't his fault that he was good. They're just like, yeah. here, take some more money, and he's like, don't mind if I do. Yeah. You know, like I don't blame him. Robert.
1: Robert Royal was another <laughs> guy. I was yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> They always
3: paid players based on potential, not definitely never about what they've accomplished. It's like, oh, we're going to pay this guy as a top 10 guy because we're hoping he could eventually be that. Like, How about we pay a guy as if he's actually going to – if he actually is a top 10 guy? Yeah, but to your point, a thing I love about Brandon Bean is there's only been like one or two players that he's ever let go, and I've been like, oh, I wouldn't have made that decision. Like, otherwise, I mean, the guy just – he may not be an amazing drafter. I think he's pretty good. And I think sometimes, you know, some years hit better than others. Obviously, the Josh Allen pick stands out a little bit. But there's very few players. I see Tremaine Edmonds, you know, and Wyatt Teller, the only players they, he's ever let go or traded where I've been like, man, maybe you should, you know, hang on to him a little bit longer. But even Tremaine Edmonds, I didn't hate. so, And I didn't know Wyatt Teller was going to be that good. None of us did when he was traded. So... Uh I mean I liked him, but you know, I like all the fifth or sixth round <laughs> offensive linemen. Maybe he'll make the team, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 easy to rip for those guys and the undrafted guys too. Um after the season, um Brandon Bean will have been with the team for seven years, which will tie Bill Pullion. Wow. And that'll be one season shy of John Butler.
3: Oh wow, that's crazy. John Butler was here longer than Bill Pullion. I never would have thought that.
1: By, by a year, Pauline was eighty six to ninety two, and Butler was ninety three to two thousand. Oh, okay. And then it then it went to hell after that. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Towneho <Donahoe> mainly <laughs> Tom <laughs> that that ruined it for everybody after <laughs> that.
3: <laughs> Talk about just like inept uh, GM, general managing crazy. Uh, but yeah, going back to what you're saying, so I think it's got to be an offensive lineman. I think it's got to be you're taking the third more most important person. For the first time, for the first time in forever, (laughs) there's actually been... (laughs) For the first time in forever, (laughs) there is depth behind Mitch Morse. (laughs) So that's, it's kind of cool to see. So I, I do like that. But the depth behind Deion Dawkins is crazy scary. So you could argue what's more important, center, or left tackle. I think they're both very different but very important in their own ways. But if Mitch Morse goes down, Ryan Bates can move over. And Ryan Bates might not even start the season, so he might be the first interior reserve lineman no matter what. So, like, that's pretty good. Is he as good as Mitch Morse? Absolutely not. But you know what? Um the Bills, Osiris Torrance might be a better right guard than Brian Bates, so it might even itself out.
1: The other thing to factor in, too, is a lot of these guys outside of Deion Dawkins have already missed time. Like, we, like they've, had, they've played games without Mitch Morris, obviously without Von Miller. Milano's missed a few games, and they're still winning double-digit games every year. We haven't seen what it's like without Deion Dawkins yet, <laughs> and it could be bad.
3: Yeah, that's a little scary when you think about it like that, from that perspective. Um, we haven't seen, and Dean Dawkins didn't have a great season last year. He kind of took a step back in pass protection and run blocking, but he's still one of their best offensive linemen. You just have to hope that he's not going to take another step back this season, because if he does, which is a very scary scenario, and I'm trying to be upbeat with this off-season podcast, but I can't help but, you know, talk in generalities, if things trend up, he'll be fine. The Bills will have a great twenty twenty three season on offense. he will protect Josh Yellen. Everything will back to be back to what it was like in twenty twenty one. Even though like didn't he miss all the like a lot of training camp with COVID and stuff like that. And then he was in the hospital. That was twenty twenty one off season or training camp. Like he lost like he said seventeen or twenty pounds from COVID and he was in the hospital and there's a point where you didn't think he'd make it. So you're like, oh man, like twenty twenty two Deion Dawkins isn't going to have to deal with that. He'll be fine. He actually took a step back. So as long as he doesn't trend in that direction, because we just mentioned the Buffalo Bills looking at right tackle in the next offseason, like, I don't want them to have to think about left tackle. You know, like, I don't I don't need the Bills to go back-to-back tackles in the draft because, you know, they really don't have a ton of depth there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like Deion Dawkins there. The more we talk about it out loud, I mean, I love, you know me, I I love Matt Milano. He's he's my guy. He's he is the player on the Buffalo Bills. If I don't get a Josh Allen jersey or a Stephon Diggs jersey, I'm getting a Matt Milano jersey. I freaking love the guy. I love his work ethic. I love I love how he's quiet. I like that he's loud on the field, but he's quiet in the locker room. Like that's just it's just one of those guys that's just confident, you know. So uh, Matt the Missile, Matty the Mauler, uh, Tackle for Loss, Matt. Like there's there's so many things to love about Matt Milano but it's just and 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 they do struggle on defense when he's not there so like that is a big deal like we talked about you know uh, playing these really good offensive teams like the Bengals not having Matt Milano to cover you know someone in the backfield or you know actually stopping the run or you know shooting it on a blitz like that's a big deal so uh, but just not as important as you know another team's good defensive line the Eagles playing against the Buffalo Bills and Deion Dawkins is starting like that's a scary proposition so John, any more thoughts on that before we uh, talk about best ball and on this podcast?
1: So you mentioned there was a, there was a poll that you did on that. You're muted.
3: The players that were, thank you, John, (laughs) that's why I got you, John, to help me out, not only as a producer, but also to remind me that there was a poll that I put on Twitter. So I mentioned this, the four names that I heard the most, John, were Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse, and Von Miller. So we talked a little bit about Von Miller, but we saw life without Von Miller. So it's funny that you mentioned the four exact names. You're four for four, dude. (laughs) That's impressive. That's really impressive. Um maybe I led you down that path a little bit, but <laughs> it was uh, va- <laughs> So okay, go ahead. I
1: was well, it's too late. I was gonna say that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, just just,
3: you know, keep your keep your head on it and then you know, you'll you'll think of it again, you know. Um <laughs> uh, if you had to guess from those four, what do you think Bill's fans mentioned the most? Milano, Dawkins, Morse, and Von Miller.
1: They're gonna say Milano.
3: Why is that? I think you think so.
1: Yeah, I think because Miller's already been in, been injured for a while, and people love Milano, so they're like they're going to go for that name over like an offensive lineman.
3: So the number one answer was Matt Milano with forty seven percent of the votes. Matt Milano, number two. Who do you think is number two? Dawkins, Morse, or Miller?
1: Now, I'm not saying people aren't smart when I said that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> That's that's what I was guessing. It sounds like you're pissing um, off most of the fan base, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, they're
3: all a bunch of inbred idiots. But like.
1: um, I'm gonna say people probably pick Morse last. Um, Dude, are you so... looking
3: at this? Are you looking at this poll as I'm doing mm-hmm. this? I feel like you are.
1: No, I have actually haven't seen
3: the poll. Morse. Morse was um, Morse was the lowest voted player with only seven percent. So you had the best and the worst. Are the two? Which one's next? Which one do you think was number two? Von Miller or Deion Dawkins?
1: That could go either way. I I'm gonna say Miller just because it's a bigger name. You're
3: right, dude. You are crushing this. Not only did you get all four players, but you guessed them in the exact order, which was definitely different than our order. So that's impressive. John, are you? Have that's I? Been... What <laughs> <laughs> well done, <my> <laughs>
2: that's what she said. Well done,
3: my friend. That's what she said. So that's where that's really good, dude. It's uh, Milano. At 47%, Von Miller at 30%, Dawkins at 16%, and Morse at 7%. You know, I we, we mentioned life without Von Miller. It wasn't great, but they managed, right? Like, you could argue this year they could manage hopefully a little bit better because they have Leonard Floyd, which they didn't have last season. Like, that's a big addition over A.J. Epinesa. <laughs> so... I mean, that's not saying a ton, but, like, you know, that's that's a big deal. So, uh,
1: or Shaq Lawson on passing downs.
3: I don't think they keep Shaq Lawson. I bet you they don't. <laughs> I bet you they don't keep him. I think he's on a vet minimum deal as it is, but uh, it's crazy. He's the odd man out of all. He's not that bad. Like, it's pretty good for depth. So, so John, we had the, the third highest voted player, Deion Dawkins, was our favorite player, which is funny, you know, talking about it out loud, that's uh, – I, I did not think that even going into this. I thought for sure I was going to say Matt Milano.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see why people would pick Milano because there's like we're all, there's already question marks with the Edmonds there. So if you were to lose both of them, that that's that is significant. I mean, but I do think that the rest of the defense is so good it can make up for it. Whereas I don't know if the rest of the offensive line is good enough to make up for a loss like their left tackle.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, people mentioned Poyer, but at the same time, like, we we weren't terrible got, with Poyer, like, half as good as he normally is, you know?
1: And they got Taylor Rapp, and they who Taylor I Rapp. thought could start. Like, when, the, when they were talking about, like, not being able to resign Poyer, Rapp was one of the players I was thinking that they could get instead. So now they have both. And Hamlin's healthy. Yeah. So, like, all those things.
3: It's the best depth that they've ever had. And right now, they're all healthy. So this is as good as it can get, barring one of them doesn't take a huge step back and they're you know, they're thirty, yeah. 31 or thirty two or whatever. So so this is this is an interesting thing. this is the Bills super fan Don Burt on Twitter wrote, Deion Dawkins, Bills are paper thin at left tackle. Who takes his spot? O'Doyle, Spencer Brown, Shell, David Questenberry? I mean it's like t- I mean he's one of the only ones that actually went into into depth of like disgusting. So I wasn't just saying his because that's what we said, but that's exactly the reasons that we've mentioned. Like, who takes over for Deion Dawkins' left tackle? Like, that is a very scary proposition.
1: Yep. And then even if you move Spencer Brown over, and let's say he is serviceable, then you don't have a right tackle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> I mean, like you
1: mentioned Brandon Shell. maybe. Like, you you you're kind of high on him, but, like, it's... There isn't a lot, right?
3: No, I, I would say... John, like we mentioned, how this team is probably the best and the deepest it's ever been. The two big spots that are scary are middle linebacker, because we don't even know if they have a starter, much less good depth, right? Like it's just, even if it's Tyrell Dodson, if it's Terrell Bernard, like we're not going to feel great about it. We're going to be, it's a wait and see situation. Middle linebacker and right tackle is, and left tackle for depth, or just depth in general, we're just not hundred percent sure about that. Like that's scary. That is a position that if it goes down, like it could actually cost the bills games for once. So I, I, I have trust yeah. in Josh Yellen and hopefully Ken Dorsey calling a good game plan where it masks the weaknesses of whoever's starting at left tackle and then subsequently right tackle, but we'll see. So John, let's talk about our best ball tournament that we're going to do on, uh, my FFPC. So, uh, i'm gonna put i was talking to the uh partners the managing partners and president of the company and for those of you that don't know what best ball fantasy is, this is something that John and I have done in the past We haven't done it in a few years. we wanted to do it this year so so John does a really cool dynasty league where you know he's constantly you're you're like drafting rookies every season or there's like a draft every year but it's not like a fancy draft where you know you have keepers just a few keepers and it's like a redraft lead like this is literally like you you have to drop so many players your roster is like 25 or something john right like it's it's ridiculous
1: yeah like your keepers are 20 and <laughs> and, then you, and then you draft guys so
3: <laughs> how many roster spots do you have all together so how many rounds uh
1: tr- um yeah I, th- I think it's like an eight it's an eight-round draft. Um, we we do it early, like right after the NFL draft, and we end up with cutting back to twenty-four for the regular season, uh, plus like IR spots and different things. You can do taxi squads and all that.
3: Taxi squad? Um, what is that? I've never heard of that.
1: Like you can like have de- you know hold like rookies or developmental players um, that meet certain criteria and, on the taxi squad. Really? So, so like, like, it's, you, like so devel- can- it's like a develop. It's like
3: your practice squad, almost, right?
1: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Um so like you can play like a lot of different ways like um but no it's a lot of fun you can cuz you can it, it really like so like when i played redraft um for you know i don't know how many years i've played redraft 15 20 years or whatever yeah. um i almost never traded or never wanted to trade or cared for it maybe like once or twice ever like for some reason but like dynasty like it it really Incur- like it makes you want to trade more to to like constantly evolve. And I'm I went from like never trading ever in redraft and in dynasty. I'm like one of the top two teams that have done trades in the last four years. Like it's crazy because you can do draft picks, right? Like up you know and and, and things like this. Um, so it's a lot of fun. It, it adds an extra dimension to it. So I
3: I the last season was the first season I haven't done fantasy football myself, and you know I wanted to one of the things that you lose with that, so you could watch Thursday night games, you know, the Sunday bills game, primetime games and stuff like that, but you still don't see all the players play on a week in and week out basis. One of the benefits of fantasy is like, you're constantly keeping track of the stats to see the players that you have on the team versus the players that are out there, you know, to, uh, they, they you're playing against like, there's just, it just makes you a more knowledgeable bills fan in general. So I'm like, well, I, I definitely don't have the time for the dynasty draft. Like John does, or like it's, it sounds really cool. I've just, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So we did this Best Ball Leagues a few years ago. And if you're not familiar with Best Ball Fantasy, it's basically a league where you only draft like 20 spots at the beginning of the season. And then you don't make weekly lineup changes. You don't add players or drop players. You don't trade for players. You're literally locked in with those 20 players the entire season. And what happens is each week, there, are, let's say there's 12 people in your league, this team with the uh the six top 6 teams get a win for that week if you have the top 6 scores uh, of your team and basically the the site decides like if you have you have one quarterback position right if you have drafted three quarterbacks and one of them got 20 points one of them got 30 one of them got 40 the player with 40 points becomes your quarterback right the same thing with your running backs your wide receivers your tight end your flex etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's really kind of a cool like one and done sort of fantasy routine and we're thinking about doing something with the listeners especially because like I don't necessarily want to do like a fantasy league where it's a 12 person league so Mike and John would do it and I would do it and then we'd play against like nine of you it's just you know like i said a lot of time and you can only have so many people whereas i wanted to start a tournament of some sort of deal and anthony uh, marino the host of the uh breaking buffalo rumblings podcast usually each year does like the pickem contest through the american cancer society or excuse me society i was say association society american cancer society of central new york i believe and so we do a pick league. There's like two or 300 people in that, like, which is really cool. And then, you know, we each pitch in like five, 10, 15 bucks. And then winner gets a couple of cool things, right? Like, but this is something I just want for listeners of CTW pod where like, it can be a tournament of like, there could be like eight of us, or there could be like 800 of us and we could still have a fun time. And we don't have to keep drafting over and over again. And not only will the players of the, that win this, uh, with this league they'll get the money from the tournament like however much we all pitch in but uh they'll be able to come on with us at the end of the season after the bill season is over and talk bills with us like that would be a cool prize and also like if they live in central new york area uh john mike and i will meet you we'll do wings or something at the uh, delago resort and casino like at the twin Spire sportsbook there at delago uh We'll probably meet you there. If you're in the Buffalo area, like, there's several places. We live in Rochester, like we mentioned. There's several places I want to grab wings. We will take you out to wings, maybe you and your significant other or whatever, a friend. It doesn't matter. Three of us, five of us can go out there. That would be cool. And if you live out of town, like... You're never going to be in the Buffalo, New York area, or the Central New York area. Like we'll send you a jersey or something. Like we'll 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 send you something, an autographed jersey, or we'll give you a list of the ones that we have available. Like or we'll buy a hoodie or something cool, uh, maybe from our T Public site. So so we'll have something going. But I think this would be a lot of fun. I talked with the folks over at MyFFPC, uh, and I'll put the uh, the link in the show notes so that you can get started. Because I have to send it to. I uh, just sent it to John. I gotta send it to Mike. For them to get started i have to sign up myself but basically uh i'll put the link in it but if you enter the promo code wagons just like you know circling the wagons just wagons uh it can be entered at sign up or checkout it will take 25 dollars off a user's first team that is 34 dollars or more so we can start this league together as a podcast as listeners and It would be a cool thing to to grab onto. I'm going to try to promote it this entire offseason leading into training camp, into the season. We'll have to find a date to do the draft, but this will be a cool thing. I mean, it's only literally only becomes $10 for a $35 league, and the winner, depending on how many people we get, could be a few hundred dollars. So kind of a cool thing. And then if you want to do your own, John and I were talking about doing 8 to 10 of our own because it's a really cool, uh, fun thing that we could do together, just drafting. Um, I know John's a good drafter, too, so it would be a lot of fun. Uh, John, John thoughts on best ball leagues. Like I know you do a, a dynasty league, so that's, that's a really cool venture. i um, a little jealous of that, but like, w- what do you think about best ball leagues? Cause you and I have been talking about, it. we've done one in the past and this is, this is our chance to do it again. It's kind of a, kind of a different edge on things,
1: right? Yeah. I'm excited. Um, and I think the one we're looking at would differed from what we did in the past. I think this one was a super flex and tight end premium, Type of league, so adds a couple more wrinkles to it.
3: So, we could do the super flex, we could do the one where there's it's not a super flex, or we could do the one where it's just like the slim one, they call it because there's no kicker or defense. Like, we could do that. Like, there's options, we don't have to do the super flex one, so we can determine like which league that we want to do. And you and I will discuss that. But
1: yeah, I'm, a, I'm up for anything. Uh, I definitely like not doing kickers or defenses because that's just why. <laughs> but (laughs) we're all just going to pick up with the
3: last few picks of the draft. Like we're just going to pick some up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then they get you random points. It's like, a
3: (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay. Not doing kickers and defenses. I don't think that'll, that'll hurt anyone's feelings.
1: Yeah. I'm up. I mean, but really I'm up for anything. It sounds really cool.
3: Yeah. So we'll just, we just need to get like a date in mind. Like when you and I and Mike and you know, we can do that. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So I think what will happen is if there's – so I think there's still 12-person leagues within the tournament. So what happens is like if you and I are in this 14-team league, the winner – or I'm sorry, this 12-team league, like – and there happens to be like what's 12 divided times two? 24. So if there just so happens to be 24 (laughs) players – that's sad. (laughs) I got to do that math out loud. There's 24 teams like there will be two different leagues. And then, you know, from, you know, week sixteen or seventeen or whatever, then the best players of those two leagues play each other to determine who's the champion of all the leagues, right? So, uh, it's kind of a cool situation. So, even though you and I are playing together in the tournament, we might, we might not be in the same league necessarily, so or the same division. Yeah, sorry,
1: I'd probably be out of your league. What's anyway, <laughs> <so. laughs> likely,
3: dude? You're like you're like trading picks. You're like the Howie Roseman of your, you know. <laughs> Your fantasy league, you're making trades pro- here. There. I have,
1: I, I have a problem. Like I can't stop trading, and and it's so weird because I used to not. trade. You never really traded fast. in our in our redraft league. I wouldn't even consider it. Now it's like I can't stop. <laughs> well, what's cool about the dynasty
3: league is you can trade draft picks too. Like that's huge.
1: That helps. It helps yeah, offset.
3: Helps. It helps offset, and it makes things more equal than they would have been normally right because if you're if it like let's say you're doing player for player like you know back in the day it might have been calvin johnson for adrian pearson you might be like well adrian pearson's kind of a little bit more and then the other person would be like well i don't want to give up a good wide receiver or another good right so it's but if you're like i'll give you a fifth round pick like sure that sounds good that's more even now
1: yeah like like my latest example right i i tried to get um i was going to trade mike evans for bryce young and he's like well how about Evans and a first round pick for Bryce Young. I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. I said, how about a fourth? And he said a third. And I said, okay. So now I traded Evans and a third for Bryce Young. I'm like, all right, I, you know that that just happened. It was so easy.
3: <laughs> Do you not trust uh, Mike Evans with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback? Is that what you? <laughs> not,
1: not at all. <laughs> well, Evans is also turning thirty, so like that doesn't help his dynasty value and. My only quarterback on my roster was Jalen Hurts, which is great, but I don't have anybody else on my roster. So I'm like, eh, you know, this this might this might work out okay. Um, you know, he could be a bust, but right, but like, you know, I think I think it was a fair deal at, at the time. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of things like that. Like it's just it's just cool to to be able to do that. Um, I do want to point out that we've so this is, we're going to be entering our fifth season, so we've had four completed seasons. And I won the first and third season, so I'm not, so I'm doing pretty well. But I just want to make sure I keep doing well. <laughs> it's it's like a fine line, right? So like you 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 have to look at like younger guys all the time to like because you don't want to have all these older guys in your roster, but you also want to win now. So like you have to kind of like balance that. It, it makes it really interesting you sound like you're brandon bean as a gm
3: man we're your franchise is going to give you an extension through 2027 also you're like you're like setting up the perfect like win now but also not kill yourself later for the you know the salary cap <laughs> yeah. set yourself up to win later too i like it i like it it's not just this this year or bust you know so yeah that's that's really cool too. Congratulations on winning half the half the seasons in the league. How many would you say we're talking about t- trades? How many of your dynasty trades would you say involve a draft pick? Like all of them
1: or just most of them? I would say most actually. And most of the time I'm trading a player for a draft pick and nothing and not getting any other players in return. A lot of times this like uh, I you know, I can't even remember. Like I I think I traded David Montgomery for a draft pick or whatever. Like I do that a lot because I, I ended up because be, I drafted really well and in my rookie drafts, I've done pretty decent where, you know, a lot of times I can't keep all of my players. So I try to trade certain ones away for future draft. Pick. Like next year I have three second round draft picks. Nice. So it's, you know, in the year after that, I think I have two second round draft picks and I think I had another, Oh, you can, you, you can, know, can so do like
3: 2024 20, picks. You can go into the future. For
1: that. three three years out oh, cool. you can do yes, nice. so so i that helps especially with drafting because then that makes that easier, but it, that only works if you have a good roster to begin with so i I've been fortunate to have drafted well, but like if I was rebuilding like I could do the same thing I could like if I had a crappy team and like I had Tyree kill who's starting to get up there anyway, like oh, maybe I'll trade him for a first round pick or something and somebody that wants to win now and but i get that extra asset um or 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 like one of his younger guys who hasn't done anything yet you know um or maybe i want to trade for like a Traylon burks or a drake london who have shaky quarterback situations but like they're super talented and you know they're gonna do good so things like that you could do it's like i love it i love all all of it so I'm excited to do the best ball stuff.
3: Yeah, just another another facet of a uh, fantasy. It's kind of cool to do tournament stuff that's not like specifically limited to like a 12 or 10 or 14 person league. You know, it's just a different method. So, so cool, man. It'll be fun drafting with you. So uh, the, the teams that we do together, but then also drafting separately for these other. Like for me, I just really enjoy the draft part of it. Like building a team. Like it's really cool to build a team each and every week, like you're doing it or in like a redraft league, but to, to think like the draft is one of my favorite parts of it, like trying to construct a team, you know, it's not going to go the way you want it to. How do you adjust? How do you get like the, how do you optimize your roster with the players that are still available? You know, on other positions of need and stuff like that. Like, I love that portion of it, so I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm going to put a uh, a link in the show notes for the podcast so you'll be able to see it there. Uh, I'm not going to post on social media, so this is only going to be for listeners. So like I said, if there's eight of us, fine. If there's 800 of us, fine, whatever. Like, you know, we have a lot of new listeners that haven't probably done our pick tournaments and stuff like that. Like, this is, this is going to be a fun time, just something a little different. So looking forward to that, John. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we end this episode?
1: We should do that draft before we do the draft together. Oh, you think so? Like early? Well, I don't want to do our draft together before this draft because you will know all my rankings
3: <laughs> it's like it's like i we do all of our drafts together and then the the, the ctw draft comes up and we'll be like well i know mike john's taking tyreek hill here so i better do it before he does yeah yeah that'd be fun but you know what you know that's going to be the, the interesting part is when you and I own teams together, like taking different draft strategies, because I was just listening to someone on what the edge fantasy podcast or whatever one Mike Chope does. And he had the winner of this, I believe it was the Roto ball or Roto viz or something like uh, best ball tournament. And he won like $200,000 and he ended up not liking the team that won him the $200,000. So like, I remember he said he stacked Tom Brady with either Chris Godwin or someone else. that's really good. Again, I can't even name all the receivers besides Evans or Godwin because I don't play fantasy now. And I really miss that portion of like understanding the game. So, or understanding all the players are doing really well statistically and He's like, I didn't even like this team. He's like, but it got me into the championship and I ended up winning. He said he was ten or fifteen most of the day and he just shot up the board, you know, with the way that the, the Bucks game went. So it's kind of a cool, you know, thought that like there's gonna be teams that we don't like and we're just as, you know, have good of a shot, you know, to win in a tournament than than any of the teams. So kinda cool. Kinda cool. Yeah.
1: There's a lot there's a lot to factor in. Like they they played in a really bad division, so like half half their games are gonna be you know, potential for more points, right?
3: Yes. Yes, exactly. So, very cool. Very cool. So, John, um, this has been fun talking to you about the Bean McDermott extensions, the bill season tickets, the deficit of the amount of tickets they have or the seats they have compared to the season ticket holders they have currently, uh, players that would scare us if they got injured, but at the same time, it's more in just an exercise of realizing how how the importance of each player in the position that they are on the team means to us and how good they are at that position and then we went into the Best Ball Fantasy League so uh, this has been great, again, this episode is brought to you by the Twin Spires Sportsbook at DeLago um, for the DeLago Resort and Casino Best Sponsor on Earth, signing off for John I love you. Go Bills. (laughs) And for me, Nate, I love you guys. Play in the league with us. It's going to be a fun time. Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.